Sometimes it's much more subtle and that you try and do something different and ideas just disappear between people's fingers. It's not about doing the same thing over and over. It's come about coming up with new and different ideas. The idea of let's play with this idea because if, if you're being playful, it's not threatening. Hi, and welcome to The Common Creative. I'm Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And we're on a mission to understand and share the tools of creativity to make them as ordinary and everyday as a simple paperclip. And all of our sessions are structured around a particular story. And so, Chris, today you're going to tell us a story about shampoo. And I'm very interested to see how this relates to creativity, especially uh, being myself a bald man. Uh, when you say that, I do think of the movie Shampoo with Warren Beatty. So, uh, pray tell. That's right. It was a classic, although this particular story is about the world of business and how many years ago at the start of my career, I was a lowly junior brand manager responsible for the sales, the marketing, the promotion of a brand of shampoo. And I was young and eager and keen to get promoted, keen to get noticed. I decided I was going to add value as brand managers do and try and make this brand a bit more special. And so what I started to do without asking or telling anyone, and I should explain, I was a lowly brand manager. I'd been in my job just less than a year, uh, didn't really know the ropes. But I, I decided off my own bat, what I would try and do is get this brand to be available in hairdressing salons. And the idea was that if people saw it in a hairdressing salon, uh, that would make them think, oh, it must be a pretty special shampoo. And they would pick it out in their supermarket, even if it wasn't on promotion. That's the theory. And it's a well-tried and trusted marketing tool. It's called flagship distribution. And so this is what I started to do. I, uh, in fact, it was, we didn't have a sales force that called on hair salons. So to kind of get the ball rolling, I used to just take a case of stock down to a couple of hair salons that were in the area of our offices and give it away for free. And the deal was, if you get this stock for free, I want you to tell me what you think of the shampoo and tell me what your customers say about the shampoo. And we'll just see if I can just light a little fire and get the ball rolling on this, this new way of marketing this shampoo brand. So I thought I was doing all the right things until one evening. It was the days when I was so ambitious, I would actually work into the evening. And I was there pretty much alone in the office. And, and the big boss, the marketing director, was on his way out of the office. And he stopped by my desk and sort of said hi. But his tone told me that something was up. He wasn't just going to say, you know, hope you have a good journey home. And he said, I've heard that you're giving shampoo away free to hairdressers. Uh, and so I went, yeah, I am actually. And, you know, my tone was that I'm quite proud of it too. I think I'm onto something. And I was expecting him to say, good, that's exactly the kind of um, initiative we want to see around here. It's a bit of a risk. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't build business in the short term, you know, but, but good on you, young brand manager, trying some ideas. That's what I was expecting him to say. In the event, he said the exact opposite. He just said to me, he looked me in the eye and he said, can you just stop? And I, I, I struggled to reply. I thought, what do you mean? He said, that's not what we do around here. We're a shampoo company that specializes in selling shampoos to supermarkets, the kind of shampoos you promote at half price. And, you know, they're on the big end aisle ends with big flashy stickers. That's what we do. We don't deal with hairdressers. And it wasn't up for debate. It wasn't kind of, can you 
sort of build the business cake and you give it's just stop a clear straight business manager overpowering some junior little joe telling him what to do and so the reason i want to tell the story well the thing it's got the reason it's got to do with creativity is kind of it, it demonstrates a belief that i have that businesses crush creativity um, what businesses do is that they build systems processes habits cultures ways of working that are designed to make you behave and operate in a certain way and it can be very good for those businesses because they get very efficient at doing what they do and in this instance it was selling shampoo to supermarkets but the day somebody tries to do something different the business will crush it and the story i've just told is an example of a very overt piece of crushing going on the boss no doubt went home and dined out on the story i've told one of the minions what to bloody do and pull his head in and to be normal but sometimes it's much more subtle and that you try and do something different and ideas just disappear between people's fingers or there's a corridor that you're not privy to in the in the conversation in the corridor and ideas get squashed without people knowing um I know one of the best ways of crushing an idea, for example, is to form a committee. If you have something comes up, we've got a good. We'll have a we'll have a task force, and that means the idea will vanish sooner or later. Um, so the the point of the story is 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 a watch out story. It's a story that says watch out. Businesses kill creative thinking. Even those businesses that have a nice brass plaque in reception that says you know our core values are teamwork, um, efficiency, and creativity, or whatever it is they've got. If it's written on a brass plaque, that doesn't mean it's true. In fact, I would suggest in most cases it's not true. Um, well, Chris, that, that's a great um, that, that's that's a great story, and it and it, uh, and it raises some observations uh, and some questions. So, I suppose the first one is that that saying that it's easier to ask for forgiveness rather than to ask for permission. Do you think that is the case in this in this instance? Um, had you asked for permission? No, I, def I definitely had not asked permission. In fact, I'd done it completely without reference. So if I could go back in time, I suppose I might mention it, say, look, I'm going to do this thing. It's a bit crazy. You want it to bear with me. And um, I, what I would definitely continue to do, I mean, the, the company, like all big companies, had its sort of um, structures for approving new activity. And it had a set of forms. It was called forward plans. You wrote a forward plan proposal and it went to a committee meeting and the committee meeting other said yes well that's what you're supposed to have done to this day i wouldn't follow that because the forward plans all talked about the, the, the amount of promotion you were going to do in the supermarket and and how many stores it was going to go into and if i'd filled it in it would be it's not a supermarket it's not going to be on promotion and there's no revenue involved because i'm giving it away for free so it would have looked stupid so i wouldn't have followed the official system but i might have ticked off a few people say if you're going to have your hair cut down the road you'll notice some of our shampoo in there and this is why <laughs> so was it there was a um, there was a shampoo committee um, um, yes, there you was had a, to go to a committee, so there was a shampoo committee. There was um, a committee, but they, they're all about what kind of promotions to do in what supermarkets. They, they would have struggled to get their heads around giving product away for free to hairdressers. Yeah, Chris, I, when you started this, and given that your the name of your business is Chili Sauce and it's about adding a bit of sauce, I, I thought it might have been a reference to the movie Shampoo with uh, Warren Beatty. <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I forget what happens. It's all about the relationship between the hairdresser and, uh, and the, yeah, I don't, the I don't I don't remember it either. I just remember the bad 70s hair and clothes. And, 
Um, so uh, I do have a question. What was the feedback from the hairdressers about your shampoo? Uh, that it, it, it's, it didn't work. And the, the reason it didn't work, this is kind of a technical marketing point, is hairdressers have to sell shampoos that you can't buy in your local supermarket because their margins are very different. They would have to double the price or whatever. So if you've got a supermarket shampoo in a hairdresser, the people buying it are going to say, it's way too expensive. You get it for 99 cents at the supermarket and you're trying to charge for 10 bucks, 10 bucks or whatever. At the, at the end. At the so yeah. well, there was a conclusion. You could launch an exclusive range for hairdressers, you know, the kind of the salon selectives type products and then you've got the kind of everyday stuff that's in the supermarket so there are ways of cracking all that and i still think that for a brand like that it was a good idea drinks companies do it a lot you know they, they'll promote in their their spirit brands or their wine brands in smart restaurants or expensive clubs and they don't make a lot of profit there but you know when you've had that beautiful glass of whiskey in that smart hotel bar you then on when you're back home again you're thinking ah oh, that that whiskey was brilliant and i'm now going to shell out 100 bucks in my bottle shop for that whiskey because i remember that moment in that bar that's the drinks we'll companies go, we'll, do it we'll go visit my mate who has that whiskey <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'll get it off him that's a much better idea um, um look i think the other observation that i that i make and it's a thing that you said and it's it is something that I've encountered in my life as well is that this is not how we do that. This is not how we do it around here. And I think that's a, you know, has been a big catch cry. Um, and certainly as a young, you know, architect, it was, you know, shut up and draw. You know, you're not here for your ideas and, you know, the boss designs and, and whatever. So I think it is a, you know, it is a, you know, it's a very, very common message. I would like to think that it's changing now, you know, because, you know, this whole thing about creativity in business, it's not about doing the same thing over and over. It's come about coming up with new and different ideas. And with a lot of the, the grunt work being done by AI or ro robotics, it really is people are paid to think now. But back in the early days, you know, you weren't being paid to think. That was, that was outside your pay scale. Yeah, um, it was. So, <laughs> I, I can tell you how much I got paid. I got paid nine and a half thousand pounds, so it was definitely outside my pay scale. Well, it, well, it, you know, it's. Um, I'm assuming that was for a year. Uh, yeah, that was for a year. Yeah, if only. Yeah. Well, when the when the kids ask me now, it's going to do anything. I just say, look, you'll have to ask your mother. It's outside my pay scale because because uh, I know that you know I'll probably get it wrong. So, um, but the I, I certainly. Well, what yeah. I was going to say is that I think. You're right that hopefully the world has changed a bit and businesses are more open to creative thinking. The thing I would suggest for, for creatives out there listening to this is there is a beauty in understanding the formula or the kind of the, the, the way of working in business. Businesses all have their own way of working. And quite often the people in those businesses don't know it for themselves. They just, they just adopted it by osmosis. And if you can recognize what that business does well, what it does efficiently, what it does instinctively, you then know how to push the boundaries. You know where creativity can be used. I mean, maybe my mistake was kind of pushing too far. And instead of going to hairdressers, maybe if I should, I should have understood that it's about supermarkets, but there are sections of the supermarket that feel a bit more special. So maybe put the shampoo up at the posh end of near the conditioners or something like that, rather than in a completely different kind of store. So well, I, I mean, think there is a... I was going to say there, there is a um, – it is important to, to kind of understand what the rules are today so you know what you're breaking. I, I think uh, there's, there's a couple of things that come to mind, uh, and one is I'd like to talk about, you know, managing creatives because that's something I've done, you know, my whole, my whole life. And 
and it's and it's and there's two parts to it. But the the first part is, you know, uh, another sort of option. Again, maybe if you you know had a more open organization that you're working for was, you know, to take that initial idea and, you know, you know, brainstorm it for the want of a better word, but you know, you know, go to the brand manager and say, or the your boss and say, look, I've got this idea. Okay, no, well, Chris, you know, that's good, but we don't go to we don't go to hairdressers, we go to supermarkets. Well, okay, well, what if I set up a little um you know, hairdresser basin, you know, yeah. in, in you know, in Coles and I wash people's hair or, you know, so play with the idea. And and I think that's what comes back to leading creative leading creatives is that you, you've got to give them, you know, a wider boundary, but you still gotta bat them um along, sort of bit like the pinball uh battens. You've got to bat them in the general direction or where you want to go, but you still need to let them, you know, go a bit wider than just go and do this. I think your language is really good there. The idea of let's play with this idea, because if, if you're being playful, it's not threatening. And, and maybe this boss found this guy giving shampoo away to the wrong kind of outlets a bit threatening. You know, he's just, just defying me. And I'm going to, you know, this is a power battle and I'm the senior guy. So I'm going to squash him. Whereas if you say, look, I've got this idea, let's, Let's play with it. Let's let's see where it takes us. If we, you know, with this old expression, that's tossed around, it's quite a good one because we're 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 not going to judge where it's going to go at this point. Let's let's play with it and let's be light and let's not um, squish it. And then maybe you would we would have got something interesting, like you said. Maybe we're going to brush people's hair in supermarkets, or maybe we're going to or put you know shampoo. instead of instead of hairdressers, it maybe for barbers. Yeah, brilliant. Um, because, yeah. you know, like, you know, it's, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in my day anyway between the barber and the, and the barber, you know, so, you, you know, and it might have led to a new product being the, you know, the barber's shampoo. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, um, which, so uh, I, mean, I picked up on this idea that it's really helpful to for, for little fragile new ideas to have a kind of playful um, approach to it and that means being light and not kind of overanalyzing and and you know using long words it means just free-forming and seeing where it takes you and being open to where it goes yeah yeah no look and i think it is interesting i it's funny when you're telling that story i have a a, a friend who works for a and has for years for a um you know shampoo company that sells to hairdressers and I know that yes, you, you know, the, and I and I know that the you know the, the product he sells you can't get anywhere else. You've got to get it from the hairdresser, and they you know they've got all those names. And you know, and I've actually had, you know, uh, for many years I designed salons for a, for a national hairdressing uh, franchise or not franchise uh, brand in Australia. And uh, yeah, it's it's very you know it's a it's it's big business, and it is you know expensive because you know you want to go to Coles. But yeah, I think that you know, as a you know, especially in architecture, you know, I'd say that you know, when a you know a young and a, like a very young designer comes to me, you know, it might be one or two times out of ten that their idea goes, um, and it, and it's a good idea, and it's something that I hadn't thought about. Um, there's probably another three or four times when that idea will spark something else, you know. Yes. And then the other five, the other five times is like, yeah, thanks, but you know, look, gonna you know, keep thinking, but it's that's not going to work. Yeah. So, and look, in my experience, you know, as I said, as an architect, you know, batting people along, there were some occasions when people were so belligerent that you know you'd be very polite and you'd say, look, 
just do it this way. <laughs> you know? uh, but that, you know, that's that's not at the beginning of the process. That that's at a frustration when all the fees are gone and you know someone's just not listening. Because um, it's a two way street, you know. Because as, as the young brand manager. You know, if it was a bit more open, the guy said, "Well, okay, let's play with this." And you go, "Okay, great. We'll just keep on going to the hairdressers." You know, you no, know, Chris. You know, let's let's do something you know different with this. Um, it's interesting. I mean, arguably, we were both wrong. That that I mean, my plan was flawed. It's not like I had, it was a great idea because the shampoo had to be a different kind of shampoo than the one you get at the supermarket. We didn't have that, so I was probably get, got it wrong. But I think you could equally argue this boss could have treated it differently and said, "This is an interesting concept." If he'd probably asked me earlier, I could have told you we needed to approach differently and together we might have played with the idea and come up with something better uh, it's, it's an, uh, uh, also struck by the comment you make about sometimes even if you've got an idea which doesn't initially look any good it can spark something else and certainly something i find with my photography is so you sometimes you'll be setting up a shot and if you arrange a lot of lights and a model or whatever it is, and you start taking the shot and you instantly know you've made a mistake that this is never going to be a great shot. Personally, what I do is I carry on shooting um, because you, it could lead to something else. And so you kind of mm, work it, mm, work it, work yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Knowing you're going to ditch all the shots and then so you'll go, ah, I know why this isn't working. I know what I can do now. Whereas if you just shrink from it and say, this is just a bad idea. Let's stop for a minute. Everybody's confidence deflates. You don't get the stimulus you need. And it, so even rubbish stuffs can, ta- can take you to good places. And it's worth playing with those rubbish ideas, I think. Yeah. So, Chris, what, uh, what are your learnings uh, for this for people in creativity or people in business uh, that want to foster creativity leaders? What, what, what are the takeouts? So the, the big takeout, I think, is to, to be very aware that business is – uh, without even knowing it, squish creativity. Their systems, their structures, their cultures are, pr- are designed to promote efficiency and flow of the same old stuff. So new ideas are difficult in business, first one. I'd just uh, like to say that I like your wording there of squish creativity because you normally say, you know, we say, you know, crush uh, you know, or squash, <laughs> but squish is a very… Uh, English, maybe it's an English word. Well, no, for me, it's a very shampoo, put, you know, getting shampoo out of the bottle sound, you know, like a squish, <laughs> squish, squish and blob squish of shampoo. And blob. Uh, so uh, well, like maybe a good name for the new uh, hairdresser shampoo from, from, uh, from the local. Yeah, hey, we've got a new business idea. Use <laughs> Swish, your hair will look lustrous and beautiful if you use New Squish by Paul and Chris. Um, so watch out, yeah. Ideas get squished. Uh, I, I think the second big learning would be Creativity can thrive in business, but it's important to understand what the rules are before you break them. So don't just dive in and say, you've got to do everything different because businesses have built themselves up on the basis of a way of working. So don't ignore that. That would be idea number two. Um, third, My third takeout would be the point you made, which is that if you've got an idea, play with it and encourage the people around you, whether they're business people or people at home or to play with it. And that can be difficult too. We're not told to play at work. Work's a serious place. We sit at desks. And the idea about having a joke, playing with something is you might do it when you're down at the bar on a Friday lunchtime, or you might do it quietly in the corridor when you're having a giggle. But to actually use play as a business tool is quite a strange and difficult thing, and yet very important to help build ideas. Yeah, and Chris, I'd, I'd sort of connect two of those ideas together. And we talked, you know, early on about it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. And you know, it is a two-way street. 
And maybe the thing is about not uh, getting so wedded to an idea at the start to ask permission to go and do this particular thing, but ask permission to play with this idea. So you go to the boss and say, look, I've got this idea, but can I have permission that we can, that we can toss this around? Um, and and don't be, you know, I think it's really true because your own ideas are like your own little babies and if other people take them off somewhere else, there's a great temptation to say, no, that's mine, don't you touch it. But yeah, ideas are cheap and free and easy, so play around them, let's see where they go, let's see what they get up to. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Chris, that was a great uh, story, a great catalyst for exploring ideas around creativity in business. Yeah, whoever's ideas don't get squished from now on. <laughs> Yes, not too much squishing of ideas. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, uh, please uh, give us a rating. And if you've really enjoyed it, please add a comment. Uh, Tell your friends. Uh, Chris and I will be back next week for another story and an in-depth look into creativity at work. Common Creative. Common Creative. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers.